0: Question number three Dale Earnhardt Sr. Earnhardt? Dale Earnhardt? How would you like me to say it? (laughs) I can only speak how I speak. Dale Earnhardt (laughs) went back to back four times.
1: Welcome to Going In Tight.
0: Uh, Coming Out Loose. Welcome back, everybody. We have been off for a week. We took a little mental holiday last week, and we are back with you for episode 19. Bart, how are we doing this week? Uh, We are fresh and ready to go. Awesome. Well, we are going to switch things up on you guys. We're going to start out with Silly Season. There's a lot of news, and as Bart would say, we want to talk about it. So we are going to dive into Silly Season here. Big news, Bowman going to the forty-eight and Larson got reinstated. Where do you think he's going to end up? Well, at this point, (laughs) if
1: you hear it enough times and you see it enough places, it it generally rings true. Mm -hmm. So we heard that Bowman was going to move over to the 48, and guess what? He did. And then we hear Larson is going to uh, be in either the um, 88, the 5, the 57. We don't know, but he was reinstated today. So he's had his long journey from his – mistake he made in april and then he's worked his way all the way to the point where he is now so i, I do believe that he will be taking that spot at hendrick in either the mm-hmm. five or the 57 that we could probably anticipate that being announced here in the next week or so and then uh, boyer's retiring i don't know if that happened before we uh took a break but uh <laughs> boyer wanted to uh stick around another year uh, but he didn't get that chance so he is retiring in the 14 at Stierhaus Racing. And it's not like he doesn't have another opportunity. He's going to the booth at Fox, joining Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon. And I would mm-hmm. say that's historically Daryl Waltrip with his goofy banter has always kind of livened it up a bit. So I think that Clint Boyer will also do that. Also, everybody they've selected, Jeff Gordon doesn't has always had some beef with in the past. Like mm-hmm. Jeff Gordon and Daryl Waltrip didn't really care for each other. I don't remember specifically why. Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon
0: have been in a fight before, so... Yeah, I think I think it'll be good and it- Clint Boyer adds something that all those other guys Jeff Gordon is this clean cut guy and that's what people didn't like about him when he came in and that he looked like this little rich boy from California that that wanted to drive race cars and that like rainbows. Yeah, that liked rainbows. <laughs> and the Rainbow Warrior himself and Now you've got a guy in Clint Boyer and Clint Boyer is about just like every other guy as you can get. He, during the week, he's working on his farm and on the weekend, he's racing cars and he's been doing that no matter what series he's racing in. So it's going to be cool to hear those two go back and forth, but we've got a young up and comer coming into the number 14 and Chase Briscoe. I'm excited about that. I don't know about you. Yeah, I
1: think Chase Briscoe is somebody that can't not like, I think he's a very well-rounded racer, Mm -hmm. got a great attitude and really understands the work that he has to put in to be successful. Uh, He went in earlier this year and said that I have to win eight races in Xfinity to show that I'm worthy of progressing up to the top tier. And he's gotten pretty close to that. I'm not sure if he made it to eight yet or not. I think he's at seven. Yeah. And the season's not over and he's at contention. He's a, he's on contention for the championship itself. So uh, hats off to Chase Briscoe. He earned it. And I think, uh, The best is yet to come for him. Um, That was also announced today. I mean, silly season is going nuts. We've, We've got another big story released today that is rumored to be true, that Richard Petty Motorsports is potentially looking at Eric Jones for the number 43. So that should be formally announced this week. As we all know, Bubba Wallace is taking over the spot for the new team, 2311, which is what we believe to be the name of Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin's team that they're starting next year.
0: Yeah, and that's a good spot for Eric Jones. He, we, we talked all season and we went back and forth because he had some moments of consistency. He had some moments where he wasn't doing so well, but we do believe that he deserves an opportunity to be in good equipment. I would have hated to not see him in the sport at all or drop down to one of those lower tier teams. So I think he'll have a good opportunity to try and put that car in winning position.
1: Yeah, with Eric Jones, he, he I just get torn back and forth on him because mm-hmm. he is a very talented race car driver, and he has been. But he's always been with JGR. So I think this is actually going to be good for him because he actually shows a lot of consistency on the racetrack. He just has a lot of bad luck. And mm-hmm. a, a lot of times, that's not always his fault. It could be the pit crew. It could be um, something to do with the car. So I think, if anything, this is a great opportunity to, to shake things up and get a different team and different ride and see if he can't put some together there. And ultimately, if he shows a a lot more success out of that ride than Bubba Wallace or Eric Amarola have, then um, I mean, he, he, we don't, we don't know. He could bump up to Hendrick eventually.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. And then we've got the Corey LaJoy. So we, we know Spire picked up an extra charter uh, during the season And Corey Lejoy left his ride at GoFast Racing, and he is now rumored to be going to Spire. I didn't expect this. I expected him to try and make a move into a spot like the 43 or into a spot maybe with the 42. I did not expect him to kind of make a lateral move, in my opinion. I think Spire, if you look across the board, they have finished consistently higher but we're talking the teams in 28 through you know 36 or 40th position so I think he's going to have a 21 2021 of still stacking pennies but uh, I, I don't know that Spire is the best move that he could have made I honestly would have rather seen him down in Xfinity and maybe win a championship down there and wait for a good spot to open up
1: yeah I don't know I think we don't know what we don't know here because uh, Spire is only in year two. And if you're looking at all the lower tier teams, I'd say they have the best chance of any to, to show promise in the coming years because they are willing to put investment into the, in, into the sport and the purchase of the charter, um, the second charter. So I, I don't know. I think that we could see them make a partnership with one of these teams like Hendrick if they haven't already, to to have those types of engines if they haven't already. because I don't even know. Um, so... <laughs> So I don't know. I think it, it might not be a half bad decision, but uh, we shall see. One that's really undetermined is Ty Dillon. So Ty uh-huh. Dillon, brother of Austin, uh, grandson of Richard Childress, of Richard Childress Racing. He races for Jermaine Racing and has for quite some time. That team is no longer after this year because GEICO, the main sponsor, is pulling its sponsorship with the team. And so they're just throwing in the towel and saying they can't, we can't survive without that and there's no other option Um, So that is actually, um, I believe that might be the the charter that Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan purchased. Um, So we don't know where he's going. I believe that Richard Childress does have a third charter that he has available, if I'm not mistaken, for a third car. Very well could be. And then um, other than that, I don't really see an obvious place for him. Um, There is a rumor that he has been talking to some Xfinity teams as well. So TBD there, but it should be interesting how that shakes out.
0: Yeah. And in the Xfinity series, we've got some guys who, like you said, in Chase Briscoe and then Ross Chastain is obviously making the move up. And then we figured out today as well that Justin Haley is not moving. It was rumored that he could take that spot at Spire and be in the cup full time, but he's going to be staying with colleague down in Xfinity. He's been pretty successful in that 11 car and um, did well through, throughout the season and uh, made a playoff push but I think that Colleague is going to be a team to watch and I think that Justin Haley is going to be a driver to watch as well. It's rumored and Matt Colleague has made it known that Um, they've they've run a few cup races as they've tried to qualify and and get in there obviously Justin Haley won the Daytona race that uh, you were at when it rained and um, all that went on there but colleague may be eyeing a position in cup in 2022 so that'll be interesting to keep an eye on there as well Um, and then Deegan to the trucks full-time what do you think about that one Yeah,
1: I don't know. I didn't really anticipate it because she hasn't really shown herself this year in the the ARCA division. I think she has done so-so compared to the other full-time drivers in the league. So I think that it might be a little bit premature, um, but at the same time, counter to my counter, I always have one. (laughs) Uh, You can't learn it until you get there. So I know that there's a lot to learn and you can't start learning until you get into uh, some sort of a NASCAR um, division. So ARCA is a lot different than trucks mm-hmm. Xfinity or cup. Um, there's only like, I don't know, less than 20 cars in the ARCA race. And then yeah. you're going from um, that many to 40 trucks and it's also a truck. So there's a lot of differences there and 100%. and a lot to learn. So I don't know. I think it's all right.
0: Yeah. People are giving her a hard time for making the move so quickly uh, and I, I tried to look through, and I, I think she came in 16th in this race. It was her first truck race, and I was trying to look through because so many people were just ready to drag her through the mud. It's her first year in ARCA, she dominated KNN and then the KNN West, and then when it became ARCA and they merged all of that together, she struggled a little bit more. I was looking through everybody and everybody that finished in front of her had 40 plus starts other than Chandler Smith, who also races in the ARCA series, but he's also in Kyle Busch's equipment when he sits his butt down in a truck. So he's in the top equipment that he could possibly get when he's running there. And he finished, uh, I think he finished in the top 10 in this race, but, other than him, everybody else had 40 plus starts in the trucks. And so I think she held her own against some pretty, pretty decent drivers, but they'll definitely be looking at DGR Crosley for her to finish much, much better as she gets more consistent practice and experience behind the wheel.
1: Yeah. I think one thing about why she's gotten such a hard time this year is because publicity wise, she hasn't really done a great job as a (laughs) young driver. Um, She and her she and her dad they have a podcast together i believe or maybe as mm-hmm. a family i'm not sure never listened but um they uh, her dad and her uh were on a podcast and uh, where they claim COVID isn't real and yeah. uh, a lot a lot of people didn't care for that um mm-hmm. as people know it's very real and uh <laughs> second, second there was another one where she was doing a TikTok while driving which also a lot of people did not appreciate another interview with bob pochris where she's laying down in a bed and yeah. uh, being interviewed um, and maybe something else. So publicity-wise, she has not had a great time learning the ropes of things you should and shouldn't do as somebody in the spotlight. So hopefully she learns, a, learns her lesson
0: as she, as she gets up into the truck series. So uh, another name that is popping up, and he's going to be joining JR Motorsports in the Xfinity series. He has raced late models for JR Motorsports and done really, really well. Uh, He's done some ARCA racing. And then at Bristol, he won the ARCA race and then went the next day and won his first ever truck race that he competed in. Just a stud when it comes to racing is 17-year-old Sam Meyer. That is going to be a cool progression to watch. I mean, he's making a big jump. uh, Those those are back-to-back, those races. Yeah, those races were back-to-back. So he got out of the ARCA car, did I say the next day? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, he even better. He gets yeah. out of it. He gets out of the car and then goes in and sits in the truck and, and goes and wins that. So, um, you know, he had he had raced with GMS a couple times. Uh, before and had a relationship with gms but then jumped into a truck and and did pretty well so it's going to be interesting he's racing part-time with jr motorsports i think that's going to be something cool to watch and and see how he progresses in xfinity and see if he gets a full-time ride in the trucks as well
1: yeah i don't know about you but a lot has happened and i love silly season i love when stuff is like being shook up and things are happening i just love this time of year it's like every monday getting hit in the face with silliness
0: True or false. All right, everybody, it's time for true or false. (laughs) Spot on. I am going to be quizzing Bart this week. He is letting me back in the saddle to test his NASCAR knowledge. We are going to do a little championship edition this week because we've got three races left until the championship race. So I want to see what Bart knows as we go back in history and we look at some championship facts. So you ready, Bart? I think so. All right, let's see how you do. Question number one. I don't think any of these are softballs, by the way. Okay. Question number one. Ten drivers in NASCAR history have won back-to-back championships. True or false? Ten drivers, back-to-back championships. Tough thing to do. Yeah. I'm going to say that's false. Ooh, that is true. Starting off a little rough. The 10 drivers who have won championships are Buck Baker, Lee Petty, Joe Weatherly, David Pearson. The King, Richard Petty, has won back-to-back championships twice. Cale Yarborough, Daryl Waltrip, Dale Sr., won three back-to-back championships. Jeff Gordon and obviously Jimmy Johnson had a stint where he went bonkers. So like 60% of those happened before 1980. Daryl Waltrip, Dale Sr., Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson all happened after 80 and the rest are 78 or sooner. Still false. Question number two, only two drivers have won four championships in a row. Jimmy Johnson and Kale Yarborough. True or false? That's true. That is false. What? Jimmy Johnson did win more than four in a row. Kale Yarborough only won three in a row. Uh, oh, little man, devil. that hurts. That, hurts. <laughs> that, was a, that was a little bit dirty. You're definitely not going to like what comes later. Oh, perfect. Dale, how, Art, w- Art? how would you like me to say it? <laughs> I can only speak how I speak. <laughs> Dale Earnhardt went back to back four times in 83, 84, 86, 87, 90, 91, and 93, 94. True or yes. false? Yes, true. False. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, if he went back to back four times, that would mean he won eight championships and he oh. only won seven. So I got you with math. And I got you with the question. You got I all these tricky. Absolutely questions. loving this. Yeah. You are with these tricky questions. But Dale did go back to back three times. As I said before, mm. I gave you a little hint in the previous question. He went back to back in 86, 87, 90, 91, and 93, 94. All right. Question number four. Bart is 0 for 3. To start out his true false segment, in 1963, Joe Weatherly won his second championship driving 10 different car numbers. What? Do you need so, me to restate the question? I don't I understand mean, what the one I, I
1: got the question. <laughs> I literally have no idea. I mean, it seems like something crazy they do back in the day. I mean, what year was he winning championships like the 50s?
0: 60s. 63 he won the championship but he won his second championship but did Mm. he do it driving 10 different car numbers i don't know can you do that i mean you probably could back then i'm gonna say that's true that is true so he not only ran 10 different car numbers he ran one two three four five different manufacturers in the same season he ran pontiac mercury pontiac chrysler plymouth and dodge all in the same season. And as I was looking through these statistics, it was very common. There was another Mm -hmm. guy in the 50s who ran uh, five or six different numbers throughout the season. I think the second most was nine. And they were running multiple different manufacturers. These guys were truly taking whatever they could get whoever would give them a car and they were putting their butt in it and driving it so um i i think that's pretty cool to to see that they were doing that and that's back when they had numbers that were had letters on the end so two guys would be running 500 and one would Mm be 500 a and one would be 500 b um that'd be kind of funny to watch uh jeff gordon stumble over that one as i stumbled over that (laughs) (laughs) So you're one for four. Question number five, mm. the most points a championship winner has had is 40,252 points to win the championship. False. Oh, that is false. So that is the second most. Uh, Richard Petty in his number 43, he had the most, and that was 42,472 He also held the second most points, 40,252. And then Ned Jarrett has the third most points to win a NASCAR championship, 38,824. I see the puzzled look on your face. Don't even ask me how they were running points then. I couldn't figure it out. I researched it six ways to Sunday and I could not figure out how in the hell they were coming up with points then for somebody to have 40,000 points. I thought you were going to be like, no, the the highest is like... 4800 No, but still 40,000 points is a lot when you think about it. I mean, we're resetting to 2,000 points now. And then you look at some of the Jimmy Johnson years where he was dominant. He was racking up like 4,000 points at the end of the season. But mm-hmm. I mean, you don't see, it. there was like five years where it was like in the tens of thousands of points. And I don't know how I couldn't figure out how they were adding.
1: Yeah, I think they end in the five thousands though. So like the four yeah. the
0: final four will be in the five thousands. I think so. All right. So you are two for five. Awesome. Question number six. The first championship ever won was by Red Byron in 1950. True or false?
1: Oh, oh that's hard. I know he was racing in the 50s. Uh he was one of the original guys like the Moonshiner bootlegger mm-hmm. in Georgia. Um
0: Gosh. So first championship Man, ever one. I should
1: know that. I don't want to, I don't think that's true. I think it's false.
0: That is false. He was the one who won the first championship, but it was in 1949, not mm. 1950. I was trying to do you dirty there. You're catching on. You're catching on. I can't who did win the
1: first championship?
0: Red Byron. It was no, just that- in 1949, not 1950.
1: Oh
0: I I was trying to get you by these minute
1: details I'm not noticing, (laughs) like I'm not counting the championships for Dale. I'm not noticing the year, it's incorrect. Hey, I've got to
0: figure out a way. I look, you you were chopping me off at the knees for like ten weeks straight, and then I started doing well, so we had to switch things up. So you're three for six right now. So you're you're at fifty percent, not too bad. Number seven, this one should be a toss up for you. Actually, this is a softball. Chevy has the most championships in NASCAR.
1: Hmm that's a tough one because Chevy and Ford haven't always been they haven't always been like super dominant. They really started in the nineties. Before that, it was like all over the place. Buick, Dodge, Mercury, mm-hmm. Pontiac. Okay, you're smart. We get it. I'm, just, I'm thinking as I'm talking. uh Let's see, Chevy is one of the most
0: championships. Now, now let me tell you, this is not manufacturer championships. This is Chevy has put their car in the championship the most times. So the guy winning the championship has been driving mm-hmm. a Chevy the mm-hmm. most time. Okay, I'm gonna say that's true. That is true. Chevy has 39 titles over 60 seasons. Ford is in a distant second at what at like 16 i think it was so yeah they've got some catching catching up to do i'm not yeah no kidding i'm not saying that chevy's been too strong but they were pretty dominant for quite a few years number eight so you said that was true Ooh, now you're four for seven okay you're getting better here Question number eight. The same manufacturer won 13 years in a row, which is the longest streak. True Mm. or false? What years were they? It was in the 2000s. I'll give you that. In the 2000s, 13 years in a row. In the 2000s, the same manufacturer won 13 years in a row. Mm, You know what? I'm going to say that's true. That is true, and it was Chevy. They won Thirteen years in a row, awesome. Well, and Jimmy just, was
1: over half of, half
0: of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, J- Jimmy was quite a few of those. Um, all right, question number nine: the least amount of titles won is by Buick with two. True.
1: No, 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 no. Mm. No,
0: I'm gonna say true. Yep, that is true. They won two in 81 and 82 that that was Daryl Waltrip's back-to-back
1: yeah they did they've been in the sport since like almost the existence of it and they didn't want to race for like an ungodly amount of years like 10 10 plus years they didn't want to race
0: and and there's a good video out there so we both like slap shoes on Mm -hmm. youtube if you go to YouTube and you follow Slapshoes, you can look. He does a video on the oddest manufacturer in the game. And it was Buick. So that, that's where I derived that one from. All right, so that was number nine. You got that correct. And number 10, this is a curveball from the Truck series, the most titles in the Truck series is chevrolet with nine true or false
1: hmm curveball truck series nine hmm. trying to pick this part onto you yeah uh, onto I'll, I'll, here
0: I'll, I'll give you a hint so the nascar sanctioned truck racing started in 1995 mm-hmm. so i still th- i think that's true Ooh, that is false and and I nickel and dimed you for one here. Oh, Toyota. So low. Has the, most. <laughs> the, the Toyota has the most with ten. Dang. Yep. And that's probably because Kyle Bush continues to go down there and try and beat up on little kids.
1: When did like Toyota didn't even show up until like when did they show up? Maybe. They've
0: actually been racing um I think after like two years in the series. They started putting the Tundra in in the series, but mm-hmm. we also had Dodge in the series. Went back when Ram was Dodge Ram. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's here's a bonus for you. So you got what I get. Total one, two, three, four, five. So you went six out of ten. That's not bad. Sixty percent. Right? Yeah, sixty percent. That's not bad. That's much better than I think you did the first time. Yeah, it was like factory. forty um so here's a bonus question that we'll throw in there for you to get you a point back what year were you born 88 bill elliott born in yeah you're right (laughs) like i don't know who won the championship the year i was born do you know who won it the year i was born uh you
1: were born in 90
0: one 91 um hint i've already told you this
1: answer uh, uh senior
0: yeah yeah yeah, that was his second in his back-to-back years, 90 and 91. And then so, Kawiki in 92? I don't have it in front of me. So don't. Th- 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 we're not turning the tables here. <laughs> we're not trying to make me <laughs> look True stupid. or false? Trying- was it Kawiki or not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I think so. I think so. Uh, so, yeah, 6 for 10, not bad, 60%. It'll be me on the chopping block next week, and I am looking forward to it. That's been true or false.
1: So it's been a minute since we've got to talk to you guys about all the things going on in NASCAR. The tightness is building up and we really need to, to get the loose out. So <laughs> there, we're going to do what we're called the rundown where we're just going to fly through a bunch of stuff that's happening over the past week and just give our a, a two cents on the matter. So first of all, Jim Lutter, the poor disgrace, if you will, of a beat reporter for NASCAR. If you're not familiar with him, he's similar to what Bob Pockris, Jeff Gluck, Matt Weaver, these guys who report on the race as it's going on. Um, They also do a lot of news releases. So um, any kind of breaking news, they're working to figure it out. Um, I think Bob Pockris is a great ambassador of the sport thinks outside of the box always and is always trying to figure out what fans uh, alike are all, all wanting to know and really goes out and finds um, some really great stories to put out there uh, from the weather to is COVID being contracted at um, the, this, the races that they're bringing back to all these things that like nobody is even thinking about. And it's like, Bob, wait, way to go, man. And he's classy and respectful and that's, that's a true ambassador of the sport. He legitimately cares and he does not have an ego. Jim Utter is the complete opposite of this. And if you're not familiar during the Roval race, Alex Bowman said that he did not feel well. Alex Bowman had anxiety, which so many struggle with across the country uh, and across the world. And uh, that's not something you choose to have or anything that's like a joking matter. Um, but it's something that is debilitating and uh, impacts someone's life in a way that they cannot continue to do things they normally would do because they're hindered by this, this feeling and uh, things that go along with that. So Jim Utter was tweeting the play by play of the race, which, I mean, who, who, I mean, is that beneficial? If you're not, (laughs) this is the question for you Gibson. So if like you're not watching the race and you don't have the, like say you didn't have Hulu on your phone and you couldn't watch a race, would you be like Twitter play-by-plays from Jim
0: Utter to keep you up to date with what's going on? Would you do that? Well, you all stay tuned because at Texas, I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to give it my best. Uh, I'm going to give it my utter best to give my opinion about every single Spire Motorsports car that uh, decides to park at the, end of the, uh, at the beginning of the race. So um yeah I that's just not something that we But would uh, you mean. would you No I I I wouldn't and it you know he's just a poor representative of the sport and but before I start going off do you have anything more to say about this
1: Well I was just going to say like he, this so it's not like this is an accident and he apologized for it mm-hmm. he was sort of um a forced apology because literally his name was trending and people are actively to this day unfollowing He lost probably, I don't know, thousands of followers probably Mm -hmm. because he's an idiot and it's because people are fed up with him. He's very negative about the sport. Any sort of thing that's going on, he really has a terrible opinion on it. It, He's not adding value, if you will, to somebody who would be someone in his position who Mm -hmm. should be the opposite of that, very happy about the sport and changes that are occurring or just, you know, focusing on the positive. And uh, just other things. I mean, he gets into it with other people. Like he's blocked everybody on Twitter. He gets into it with other beat reporters on Twitter. He's had feuds with him. He has tried to have Michael McDowell's car towed because he parked in his spot at a race um, when his spot was like next to it. I mean, just stuff like that. Like, who is this guy? Like, wh- like what a miserable piece of crap he is. And that's, I mean, that's really all I have to say about it is just like, do if you follow him, please just go and follow him and go follow Bob Paukris, Jeff Gluck, Matt Weaver. There's so many other people that do his job way better. There's no reason at all to follow him and
0: continue to support the disgrace that he is. One of the things that NASCAR has tried to do, they've brought in Steve Phelps. We, We know all the heirs of the France age. We... Steve Phelps has come in this year with Bubba Wallace, all the drivers, all the teams, they have tried to make NASCAR an inclusive sport. I am a firm believer you and you can take two paths to life. You can forgive and forget, and that's going to leave a lot of people hurt because they're going to feel forgotten in the end. And you can acknowledge people's presence and you can move on from them. And that's what we need to do with Jim Utter because, you know, as much as I hate what he's done in the past five to 10 years for the sport, he paid his dues. He did report things. So I'm not going to poo-poo his whole career. I think he's, we can remember Jim Utter for what he's given to the sport, but NASCAR is making a concerted effort to move on from the exclusionist from the downplaying of all of these different, whether it be minorities, whether it be mental illness, no matter what it is, they're trying to make NASCAR a sport where people want to be a part of it. Performance anxiety is something that is seen across all levels of the sport. We've had people like Lewis Hamilton and F1. We have had Tons of athletes come out and talk about this. Brandon Marshall, who played with the New York Jets and the Denver Broncos, he talked about his mental issues that he was dealing with. And there have been so many athletes that come out and talk about this. And then I look at Twitter and I see Jim utter hashtag anxiety, Alex. And that just seems incredibly insensitive to me. And I'm, I'm the last person who's going to sit here and say, oh you know everybody shouldn't get offended by everything or everybody's sitting here and everybody's so sensitive that's just something that's not something in in today's day and age that you make fun of and i just want to throw a stat out there and this is something that i had written down last week when i saw this 70% of people who deal with suicide ideation or planning their own suicide they are Talking about how they deal with anxiety and depression. And this is not something that is just local to one sect of society. We're seeing it from poor people, we're, we're seeing it up to billionaires, we're seeing it from premier athletes down to high school athletes. This just isn't something to joke around about. So I'm willing to, I'm I'm not willing to forgive and forget because you've got to get to a point where you learn how to speak to the people that you're talking to. I'm at the point where recognize Jim Utter gave us something to a certain point. We've got to move on from him because it's starting to exclude people from the sport that we truly and honestly want to be a part of the sport. So that's all I've got to say about that. Yeah, I agree that cancel,
1: the cancel society goes a little bit too far sometimes, but I really don't think he's worthy of having the job that he has representing our sport. I think it's, it's, I it's ridiculous. Agree. I completely agree.
0: I think it's time to move on. And, we, and we've, we've moved on from the France administration, and that was my <laughs> point in bringing up Steve Phelps, is he has looked at NASCAR and he has said, there is a whole wide world that this sport could be open to, and he has he is working every day to open it to it whether it be six road courses something very basic that people don't see and trying to make the sport appealing to an F1 fan or an IMSA fan All the way to race and and cultural issues, Steve Phelps is trying to say, we want to welcome everybody in, and then you have Jim Utter come along in a time where we've had the issues like we've talked about with Kyle Larson, and and we've had Bubba Wallace overcoming some of the things that he has. You, You have all of this, and Steve Phelps is trying to open the door, and it seems like somebody's always there to try and kick it. And honestly, those people that are trying to kick it back in his face, I'm willing to say, look, you've done your part. It's time to move on. Jim Utter is one of those. We've unfollowed him. We, we encourage you all to unfollow him. There are so many people, like Bart said, Jeff Gluck, Bob Pachris, Matt Weaver. There are so many other podcasts other than us that are lending so much to this sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to downplay any, any of those people. We want you all to go listen to the people that are pushing this sport forward. With yeah, that icing, being said,
1: well, an icing on the cake. The whole reason that we knew that Chase Briscoe's moving to the 14, taking over for Clem Boyer at Stewart Haas Racing, is because J- Jim Utter leaked it today. It yeah. was supposed to be announced tomorrow on the Dale Jr. download. Guess who leaked it? So he couldn't even have the own privilege of representing Stewart Haas and releasing it when they planned
0: to because Jim Utter decided to leak it somehow. So, yeah. Like, hmm. We've gotten that out of the way. Feeling better already. Yeah, I feel better because it's something that needs to be talked about. And we want more people to be involved in this sport. Speaking of road courses, how much more can we get than a couple weeks ago when we had the Roval in the rain?
1: Yeah, so many people have been hype about the potential of NASCAR Cup racing in rain or even Xfinity. It There lo- it appeared to be some times where it looked likely that Cup would be, and it never happened. There was the Xfinity race. Was that this year? It seems like eight years ago, but at Road America when there was rain. That's and, where we talked to Kaz. After, that's right. After they, after they were racing through the rain at Road America. That's right. Yeah. And so, like, everyone's hype about it. We see Hurricane, whatever the – I don't know. What was the name of the hurricane?
0: Delta. This one was Delta.
1: Delta. Did it dump? I mean, I think – that uh, the cup race we didn't really see any rain it was wet so they started wet and it was just more of a strategy type of thing with the tires but xfinity i mean that was insane i don't know that i'd ever want to see that again and i'm sure the drivers would
0: also say the same thing that was the the xfinity race was a hair much and it got to the point where they red flagged it at one point because there were literal waterfalls running into the drains at certain turns. So uh, I, I really enjoyed the rain racing. I thought at Road America, it added something. When we talked to Kaz, he was talking about, you know, the strategy behind putting slicks versus the the wet tires on. We saw Ty Dillon. We saw a couple guys at the Roval make strategy decisions and mm-hmm. had Ty Dillon not gotten into some trouble, he would have had a solid finish. He, he was, he put slick tires on, coming out and and these guys are watching the radar they're watching all this crazy stuff I, I thought it was pretty cool to see some of those guys Christopher Bell Ty Dillon finish up top in that first stage based on strategy Timmy Hill yeah yeah fifth. yeah that and, and that's cool to me that to see that these road courses can mix that up and that the rain can mix that up and you've got to make strategy decisions. So that makes me excited for the six road courses on the 2021 schedule. What do you think those six road courses are going to bring for us? Because we have the possibility of racing in the rain and new guys being up front. Do you think we're going to see anybody new up there? I really do. I think it's really going to make the
1: competition even harder because you see these guys like Harvick and Hamlin who are just like so solid at half mile, a mile and a half speedways, and they're dominant because we go to a ton of mile and a half speedways. Yeah. So you you mix it up where it's like a, a third, a third, a third. Uh, you're talking six road courses, short tracks, super speedways. Um, I think we're just going to see a total different landscape of who is up top and who is able to get. Uh, some more points. People are even talking about bringing back like the Dinger, AJ Almondinger, from just part time in, in Xfinity and say, hey, put him in a cup ride because he I mean, he literally has a chance to, to really be competitive in, in, the, in the cup
0: with, with six races on the road course where he dominates. I I think it opens up a a window for some of these guys from these lower series to get an opportunity and to excel. And I really do. I agree with you. I think we're going to see some guys who we may not see on a regular basis. We're going to see them in the top 10. We're going to see a lot of part-time guys be able to make a run at the top 10, top 15 in the cup series. And this is what people have begged for. What I can't stand is people going, oh, my God, we've got six road courses. Oh, my God, we're putting dirt on Bristol. It's like you've asked for something different. Mm -hmm. And NASCAR is literally Steve Phelps is throwing it at your feet and going, well, here's a bunch of different stuff. And you're like, well, ah, I didn't want that kind of different. I mean,
1: we couldn't even (laughs) nobody could even conjure up dirt on Bristol. Like I thought when I first heard that, I was like, no no <laughs> you kidding? we're gonna get all that dirt dirt on Bristol. Yeah. and they did it before so i mean that that's gonna be amazing if anybody says they don't like that i don't even get there's no reason like somebody said it on twitter to us like one of our tweets was like i'm not a fan of this and i asked why out of curiosity and there and like it was not like a non-legitimate reason like didn't even make sense like there's no reason you can say that you don't like that
0: Well, and we had talked about that earlier on the NASCAR started on the beaches of Daytona. We started dirt racing. We started racing on, I I, I don't know exactly what the dirt, the the dirt of Daytona. Well, I mean, we (laughs) started (laughs) racing on sand. We started racing on dirt. I mean, you talk about all this stuff. And then the way you make your way to the cup series, as you go, dirt racing dirt racing you're racing modifieds on dirt racing you're racing world of outlaws you're racing mm-hmm. sprint cars you're yep. doing all this stuff on dirt and then they go oh well now you're going to be primarily on asphalt and concrete it's like why don't we challenge these guys and mm-hmm. make them take it to the next level and i think that's where we're going to see guys like chris busher and and Kyle Larson who is clearly dominated on dirt, we're going to see these guys just absolutely dominate these races. And it's going to put something different into the championship race everybody complains about the playoffs oh it just allows the top teams to throw money at their cars well if you can't race on dirt you're not going to be making it into Mm -hmm. into the playoffs and it's i just applaud them for trying stuff that's new and then
1: Mm -hmm. and listening to the fans especially on the short tracks and the road courses i mean imagine if they didn't do anything different they didn't listen to the fans and and i get that people don't like change and they're skeptical of some of the decisions they man that's just gonna happen but imagine if they're just like Hey, guess what, guys? Uh, we're taking away Watkins Glen, and we're adding a second ca- uh, California.
0: Imagine, uh, yeah, Fontana. Uh, imagine that, or or three Michigans. How about that? Look, you can cut this thing six ways to Sunday, and 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 my thing is, I I just applaud NASCAR for trying to make change. What what I don't see as change is. revamping tech repave texas repave kentucky look i i get it like i'd love to be able to go see a race but ultimately if it's a boring race for the other three million people watching it it's not gonna it's not gonna perform well and i i think we've tried to continue to crack the code on these one and a half mile tracks and we just haven't been able to do it and i think the fans are finally at the point especially after kansas they're like okay well like we nbc showed us the battles it was a little bit more competitive it came down to the end and it was like uh it's the same old same old kind of like don't piss on my leg and tell me that it's raining outside <laughs> <laughs> like you, you can Try and do something over and over again, and you're going to get the same result. And I think NASCAR's done the right thing.
1: Well, I, I, I'm going to disagree on you a little cool. bit on okay. the on the Kansas race. I think that was probably the best Kansas race I've ever seen. I thought that was a really good race. They were uh, in a pack together, and there was a lot of good racing, a lot of battles, and I was engaged the entire race. I watched the whole thing, and I did not leave my couch. And that is very unlike me, for tracks like michigan and california fontana um, texas i'm usually not as engaged some people really do like that type of racing the strategy uh racing that's not necessarily like action-packed people like that believe it or not people love it and i don't even i mean more than you would think and i when i was looking at twitter people were just like going off about how incredibly awesome the race was and I I'm not going to go as far as to say it's like one of the better races that we've seen year, this year, but I think it's great. But the thing is, is it's like they cracked the code on a mile and a half speedway with the packages that they're running. But the thing that caused it to be that way is not anything that they did with the tires or the, the track. It, it was the weather. The weather caused mm-hmm. the excitement that we saw. It was freezing cold. Yeah. And guess what? The NASCAR season is February through November. Uh, A majority of that is in very warm months. So that's not something that's sustainable, which is unfortunate, um, unless they're going to find some tracks in Canada or uh, start running uh, different tracks.
0: uh, The Pinty series. (laughs) Give it to us. Start start running them. Start running Pinty Xfinity Cup.
1: Well, what they could do is like they could do Michigan in in February um, instead of... (laughs) or Start start
0: out rather than with Daytona. Start yeah. out with Michigan. Yeah. And have the, the have the snow blowers going around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the jet drivers blow yeah. snow. Off. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Look, look, I, I we didn't rant and rave this week, so I'm gonna rave about the NBC broadcast. They did an incredible job of going around the track and picking out the small battles that were going on and it seemed like it was guys grouped in two or threes and we saw it at the end we saw Joey Logano and Kevin Harvick trying to make their way through traffic and Joey Logano talking about getting in dirty air and his car was better there and then we saw guys back in the eighth ninth and tenth spot throughout the race and them them battling it out and they were showing us the playoff points, they did an incredible job of making sure that every battle was highlighted. And I enjoyed that piece of it. I really did. But Mm -hmm. once you zoomed out to the track and once you realize like, oh Joey Logano is about to pass somebody, it was like, oh, it's the number 53. Oh it's the number seven. Like it's like these guys don't matter unless they're causing you know a chase Elliott, uh, a joey logano a kevin harvick to slow down because they can't figure out a way to pass these guys mm-hmm. yeah you know i did i did too like the, the broadcast i learned a lot of, of
1: things from twitter and, and <laughs> did you know that people don't like rick allen like i don't I don't know. I like Rick Allen. D- I mean, people hate him. Like Vince Welch, I can get that. Like, p- naturally, people aren't going to really like the play by play. People. I mean, you go out there and try to talk for four hours, you're going to say <laughs> a lot of the same stuff, and you're going to have some gaffes here and there. And you just, it's just impossible for everybody to be Mike Joy. It's, in, it's impossible. Right. I, I like Rick Allen. I don't, I will, that's how I feel about it. But I did like the, so the battle between Harvick and Logano at the end, they mm-hmm. kept uh, having, Harvick's car camera. I mean, I felt like I was right there with him, um, and I mean that I, I did enjoy that. But car cameras are perfect.
0: They they are an innovation in NASCAR that we always needed. And the they're easier perspective.
1: easier on the eye than the, the the drone camera. That makes me a little bit dizzy. <laughs> and <laughs> that's because um, you're
0: drinking too many beers.
1: Oh, that, yeah. Well, that might be part of it. But uh, what Logano? Like he, we haven't seen him post-COVID and this guy just comes out of nowhere not the fastest car at all but he was walking like crazy wouldn't let Harvick around him and I I am so glad that we didn't have an episode last week because I was dead last in in fantasy
0: (laughs) yeah well everybody was upset that you weren't out there giving fantasy advice but I'm after your performance I think we should just say y'all are lucky I didn't get the memo
1: that I should be playing Keselowski and Blaney. Literally everybody in our league played them. And I'm like, where did they get that information from? I would not have done. I mean, I'm not against it, but I chose otherwise. I used Kurt Busch, got screwed over by that with the engine blown for the first time in like 700 years. <laughs> and then uh, Eric
0: Jones. So, uh,
1: and then also Denny Hamlin. Uh, yeah, Denny, Denny
0: Hamlin ran himself into the wall. Um, you know, I... Everybody's talking about Joey Logano. I, I, I think Joey Logano is talented, period.
1: Joey does get a, a bad rap just for certain instances over the years that people have not liked him. Just kind of like Denny Hamlin's incident with Chase Elliott kind of transformed people's hate for Denny mm-hmm. Hamlin. I think that's why Joey gets a bad rap. Uh, but, I mean, he's a nice guy, and he's a good race car driver, so you can't hate him for that.
0: I agree. I, I think Joey is good. I... Joey weirds me out. I, I don't know why. I told you earlier today. He it's just like a socially awkward thing. He's just like the nerd with the receding hairline that looks like he should be in IT, not behind the wheel of the car. But that does not take away from the talent. He's going to be competing for another championship this yep. year. He is in the final four. He's locked. And he's put Chase Elliott outside. So, Bart, what's our playoff picture looking like? We know we've got Joey Logano locked. Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin are both looking pretty
1: solid on points. So, Mm -hmm. I do anticipate they will be both in the final four. The fourth driver is really up in the air. Right now, it's Brad Keselowski. Mm -hmm. uh, But it's really anyone's at this point um, to take. I I couldn't even tell you who it could be just because there's so much that's going to happen between the next two races. Brad Keselowski isn't that great at – he's not that great at Texas, uh, but, I mean, he, he can sweep in there in the top ten. If one of the others have a bad day, they're done. And Kurt Busch at this point, he has to win a race. Mark Truex probably has to win a race, uh, but he's really solid at Martinsville, and he can, nec- yeah. he can most certainly do that. Uh, Bowman has been very consistent, so I don't know um, if he can get on points alone if he doesn't win. But, um, I mean, don't count him out. And then Chase, I mean, he's been having some some power – um, in, his, in his schedule here in, in the past few races so I, I I wouldn't put it past him to to get that final fourth spot too
0: yeah I I mean I I really think it's between Brad Chase Martin Truix I think it'll I think it's going to come down to Martinsville Texas is one of those tracks that we can look at the history we can look back and see who's done well, who's made a top five, who's made a top 10, and that's what it's going to be. And that's what it was at Kansas. I think it's going to come down to Martinsville. Bart, give me some fantasy advice. I'm currently sitting about 75 points below the line. We've got three races to go. I'm 75 points behind the leader. I made up a ton of ground on you because you sucked this week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So... <laughs> so what I do so so who do we need to have in our lineup this week
1: well I've done the math and I need to make 25 I had to get 25 points over the leader every every race of the final three in order to win which is attainable if I'm perfect for the next three so I'm gonna
0: be vague here in the chance that <laughs> I <can. laughs> So, everybody who missed out last week when we didn't do an episode, you're pretty much screwed this week, too, because Bart's lying. No, I mean, I'm going to give you the the puzzle pieces,
1: but you're going to have to put the puzzle together. So, if we're going on history and history alone, I'm saying that you want to have Jones, Eric Jones, Ryan Blaney, for sure. Kevin Harvick's going to win this thing. That's, I promise you that. Ooh. If we're also looking at history, Joey Logano is very consistent here, but I don't think that his team at this point is going to put that much effort into the next two races. They're going to put all their investment into the, the race at uh, Phoenix. So um, I don't know that I would necessarily play him. The, the other drivers, it's really a shakeup, and it's basically everyone that's in the, in the playoffs. So you're, you're looking at Hamlin, who, who won here three races ago, but he isn't, that's, that's it. He hasn't had any other top tens in the last like three years. He hasn't shown up at all. And one time he just wins it. So I, I, that's not enough for me to say that he's a surefire thing. Not at all. So uh, on the fence, Chase Elliott. I liked what he said last week. Somebody said, you haven't been that great at Texas. And he said, well, you don't win championships if you say that you have a bad track. And that's true. People, a lot of times, they say, you know, this is my bad track. I'm not very good here. Kyle he,
0: Bush. Yeah, and he's refu- <laughs> he
1: refused to say it, and I love that so much. Like, I'm not going to accept the stigma that you have on me and my results at this track. I'm trying constantly to get better, and I'm not going to give in to that. And I love that so much, and that's why he's my favorite driver. Uh, moving on, uh, Alex Bowman, he's been wildly consistent. He had a top five this week at Kansas. Uh, I think it was third, right? Um, so he could definitely shake something out here at a mile and a half speedway. Hendricks got a lot of power here. Um, I really hope to see one of those, those guys in the final four, but we shall see Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch is actually wildly good here. Um, he's been around a long time and is very consistent. The, I mean, you can, you could put him in Spire and I bet he could put it in the top 10. So, um, <laughs> don't count him out. And then Truix, I, I think that there, I mean, equal chance. Everybody. I just listed equal chance that they get in the top 10 or crank out a um, something in the top five,
0: but um, my all my bet is on Harvick winning this thing. I like the pick of Kevin Harvick. Uh, I'm gonna go with something non-traditional, not the history. I think Alex Bowman is gonna win this race, and I, I think it's going to why be. Why is all
1: your chips in Alex Bowman? I don't. Where know. is this Alex Bowman? Well, it's
0: probably because I'm a 48 fan, and he's gonna be driving the car next year.
1: Okay. Part of so it could be there. The buzz, the, but you're the fandom is already happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. However, I found it unique because one thing that we saw, he had made quite a few top tens. He had made, I think three of the past five top tens at Kansas. And then the rest of them were 15 or better. So I I found something unique that he was able to race that car to the top 10 and he did not have nearly the speed of Chase Elliott. He Mm -hmm. didn't have the speed of Brad Keselowski. It just showed me something in Alex Bowman that he could race a car. And so I find going to Texas, I find that his season is on the line, putting the 88 in victory lane at Texas I, I think he could do it, and I think it would be kind of an homage to what I imagine I, – I don't imagine we're going to see the 88 for quite a long time.
1: I do think that Bowman is a powerhouse at the Hendrick team, and I do think that we'll see him for a long time to come, and I do think that he's worthy at the 48. I mean, one more year of the year that William Byron's had this year, and they, he's going to be in the silly season news. Jimmy Johnson, <laughs> he's retiring – we all expected him to crank out at least one more win maybe contend for the championship. He didn't either. And will not do either. And he was sitting back in, in the 20th position or more at Kansas, not performing. And then you got, th- then you got chase Elliott, chase Elliott and Alex Bowman are succeeding right now. And they're all on the same equipment. I mean, yeah, they're different to a degree and yeah, they're all set up differently. And yeah, the team is focusing their efforts and, <laughs> On the two teams that are continuing on in the championship, but I mean, it—that's talent. So I know one thing: there's only three more races left, and it is going to be a treat every single one. Promise you that.
0: We thank you all for joining us for episode 19. It has been an absolute pleasure gracing your ears again after a week off for Bart and I. We hope that you all will subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify and any major podcasting platform that you listen to these things on. Go give us a shout out there. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at goingintight underscore pod. And we will update you guys on everything that's going on throughout the week we can we hope to talk to you all next week thanks again